Welcome to True Crime 101 with Murder Friends, the podcast where three friends from three different countries talk murder. My name's Anna, and I'm American. I'm Alana, and I'm Canadian. My name's Hannah, and I'm British. In addition to our longer episodes, True Crime 101 talks you through key true crime cases and theories. So I think Alana may have forgotten where she's from today. <laughs> it took a moment. I think we forgot oh, which yeah. order we were supposed to go in. Yeah. <laughs> I always panic. It's like being in class and you get called on and you just don't remember your name anymore. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're laughing now because I'm here to ruin your day. <laughs> oh, <God>. Wow. <laughs> yes. Okay. Obviously, it's spooky season, so I thought it only appropriate to pick a spooky season-related sort of topic. Um, so I'm going to get started. In March um, 1994, a struggling actor and screenwriter named Kevin Williamson became engrossed in a news program about a drifter who terrorized the town of Gainesville, Florida, with the murders of five college students over three days in August 1990. So finding himself spooked by the news, he sat down and wrote the screenplay that would be the movie... Do you have any guesses? 90s? No. One of, like, the top 90s, like, slasher films. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's um, Scream. Yes! Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Just got a little excited there. About that. Okay. So today I'm going to tell you about that story that inspired the movie Scream, and it's about serial killer Danny Rowling, also known as the Gainesville Ripper. Now, before I started, didn't forgot how heinous these crimes actually were. So I have actually opted not to get in graphic detail about what he necessarily did because don't think we need to do that um and yeah it's pretty awful um so my sources today of course they include wikipedia and articles from biography.com and escapist magazine so i'll start in 1954 when danny Rowling was born in shreveport louisiana to a 19 year old mother named claudia and a police officer named James, a decorated Korean War veteran who probably suffered some sort of combination of um, post-traumatic stress disorder and mental illness. Um, Rowling later revealed that his childhood was pretty horrific and traumatic and that he and his brother and his mother, they all suffered abuse from his father. And uh, his father always would say to him that you know he was not a wanted child. Um, his mother continued to try to leave him but would always go back. So basically we're sort of laying the groundwork for a serial killer here. Rowling turned to art and music for solace when he was younger. Um, his Christmas gift of guitar at age 15 is one of his only like, happy memories from his adolescence. Um, he recalled these early years as a time when he developed multiple personalities as a defense from the nightmarish reality around him. Um, he did try committing suicide, but to bring an escape, but he failed. So Rowling joined the Air Force when he grew up, but was discharged in 1972 after getting busted for drug possession. Rowling then went to live with his grandfather, and for a time he found some stability because um, he started to go to church with his grandfather. Um, he then later got married and had a daughter, but eventually he drove them away because he started to abuse them the same way his father had abused him. Rowling took a turn for the worse after the divorce. He raped a woman who resembled his ex-wife and embarked on several armed robberies through the South, 
leading to his incarceration in Jackson, Georgia in 1979. In the 80s, brought more of the same for rolling. He was in and out of prison in Alabama and Mississippi for armed robberies. Um, his time in between stints in jail were spent traveling around the country, stealing and raping women. Back in Shreveport in November 1989, he had come back for a visit. Um, Rowling ha well, had been fired from his job at a restaurant. So that same night, he broke into a home to murder 24-year-old Julie Grisham, um, also her 8-year-old nephew, Sean, and her 55-year-old father, Tom. These were his first murders, but they wouldn't find out that he was the one that committed them until much later after he was arrested uh, for the later crimes. The following May, Rowling got into a, one sort of final argument with his father, and this time he pulled out a gun and shot James in the stomach and the head. His father actually survived, but lost the use of an eye and an ear. And Rowling then fled to Kansas, because he was obviously wanted at that point, and then to Florida, where he eventually arrived in Gainesville in 1990. So I feel like, just to interlude, there's part of the story where you just feel like all the red flags are there. There's just nobody's putting them together yet. Nobody's fine, you know, mm. can see this coming and what's yeah. going to happen. It's such a, like, stereotypical like character arc you know yeah. you see it on tv and movies and, and in history through like literally every other serial killer is the same thing that this guy's going through exactly Crazy. exactly that's what i said about like his childhood i was just like oh dear yes so gainesville florida is home to the university of florida and is um it's a college town and so i've been there quite a few times a lot of my school friends went went on to go to school there and i my little high school ex-boyfriend went there, and so I'd go up and visit, and it's a really, really nice school. It's a very good school, very, like, pretty prestigious university, um, especially for the area, and it's just nice, and the whole town, like, the whole town is all centered around the school, so it's very much a college town. It's just all centered around there. Really nice place to go to uni. So on arrival, he set up a campsite in a wooded area behind the university. So he's truly off the radar. In the early morning of Friday, August 24th, Rowling broke into the apartment shared by 17-year-old university freshman Sonia Larson and Christina Powell. Finding Powell asleep on the downstairs couch, he stood over her briefly but did not wake her, instead choosing to explore the upstairs bedroom where Larson was also asleep. Rowling then murdered Larson by stabbing her to death. Um, he then went down. He managed to do that without waking up Powell. He went downstairs. He taped her mouth shut, bound her wrists together, and also raped and murdered her. Um, Rowling posed the bodies in sexually provocative positions, which was part of him his mo after all of his murders. He then took a shower before he left. So I feel like that is literally a, your worst, my worst nightmare is just like the sleeping it's again it's in, in like so many horror movies and some of the worst movies mm. like the golden state killer when he get, comes in when people are sleeping it's just like yeah it's your safe yeah, it's place when, yeah it's her it's you're, you're most vulnerable isn't it it's horrible yeah and then to be ballsy enough to to stick around to have a shower afterwards because you know like you you are capable of doing that i don't know it's just uh, mm. it's unreal so when police arrived to investigate the scene, they were shocked by the savagery of the attack. Again, I've chosen not to, like, not really go into massive details about it because we don't really need to. Um, one local reporter noted that it was the first time he had not been allowed to directly go in the crime scene and see it. And he expressed concern after um, witnessing a seasoned officer that he knew rush out of the house and vomit into the bushes. So police knew right away they were dealing with a very depraved, 
person and suspected that it wouldn't be long before he struck again, and they were right. So the following day, August 25th, 1990, a day after Sonia and Christina had been brutally slain, Rowling broke into Krista Hoyt's apartment, and he ransacked it for valuables, stealing what he could. Um, he then waited for her to return. When she entered her apartment, even worse, around 11 a.m., Rowling attacked her from behind, trapping her in a chokehold. As with his previous victims, um, he taped her mouth shut and her wrists before raping and murdering her. One thing I will is he did decapitate her and pose the body. Mm. So it's just like when I'm talking heinous, just like horrible stuff, he, he really, it's bad. And to do that like the next day. Exactly. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's bad. Sorry. No, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I told you I was here to ruin your day. Um, she went wrong. <laughs> on August 27th, just two days after his prior attack, he broke into the apartment of Manny Tabata, and I'm so sorry I'm saying that wrong, Tabiota, there we go, um, and Tracy, Tracy Poles, I'm going to call him Manny. Um, he weighed over 200 pounds, so he was a big guy. So he fought back, but Rowling eventually subdued and killed him. Uh, Tracy came downstairs to came down to investigate what was the noise um, that had awoken her, and she finds Rowling killing her roommate. She fled and locked herself in her room, but Danny broke down the door, and with previous victims, he taped her mouth and wrists and raped and murdered her. Another thing, the breaking down of the door. Jesus. So, obviously, there's five college students who have been murdered in a matter of five days, three days, four days. There we go. A deep paranoia fell over Gainesville once uh, the public learned that it wasn't just petite brunettes being attacked, um, but that a large man had also been killed. It was clear that no one was safe from this monster, and by this point, the string of um, bizarre murders had, and it had attracted like a huge media attention, of course, because that's just like insane. That's like a, I don't know, would you consider that a spree killer? Seri I know it's a serial killer, but it's like the spree is like in such a short period of time. You think how much energy it would take to actually commit some of these crimes and the fact that he's doing so many like back to back is just like the sheer amount of energy and like rage you would have to have to be able to even do that because it's it sounds exhausting exactly well uh, yeah exactly and you're like living out in a tent in the woods somewhere Ugh. like that's what you're Gross. going back to so students began taking extra precautions from like switching up their daily routines to like studying and sleeping together in small groups. Some bought baseball bats and mace and had extra locks installed in their doors and windows. Gun sales went up. Um, helicopters with searchlights were just going around the city. So overwhelmed by the brutality and nonstop media coverage of the crime, some of the parents literally just like withdrew their children from the university which I get it was at the beginning of the fall semester so they just transferred to somewhere else because I can get when you have when especially if the police have like no idea what's happening all of a sudden so a big investigation ensues um, with over 6,500 leads and over 1,500 pieces of evidence initially however the police had a very few credible leads to go on they focused on a suspect named Edward Humphrey, who was brought in due to having been evicted from the apartment complex where Miss um, Pauls and Mr. Tabiera lived, as well as he had a history of erratic behavior. So by all accounts, Edward looked like the part 
of this killer. He kind of fit in with what they, they thought they might be looking for. His face had been horrifically scarred during a car accident where he'd attempted to run from a moving car. So he really just sort of, I guess, the police sort of like looked the part, I suppose. Um, the media wildly and repeatedly showed Edward's face <laughs> in the media, which you're kind of like, that doesn't really seem to be fair um, because he's obviously hadn't been tried. Um, arrested for it. Uh, to make matters worse, the murders instantly ended after Edwards was taken into custody. So then that sort of more fueled it. Despite a lack of physical evidence tying him to the crime scene, police were certain they'd had their man. They didn't. It was later determined that Edward was mentally ill and he, along with another suspect who did not receive the same amount of media attention, were completely exonerated of all the crimes. I guess, but probably by that point, his life was ruined. So... Yeah, I was going to say, what does that, what effect would that have? I on know, you? it's already like, if you have going those... forward. Exactly. So around the same time, Rowling had been camping out in the woods with souvenirs from his murders and financing his killing spree with like a string of robbery. So he was kind of like back to his old MO where he was just robbing and then doing the killers. He did actually, which I left out, he did take some souvenirs from the victims, which I won't even speak about. Um, so he had, yeah, he literally had so much evidence that it was him. Detectives didn't know it at first, but later discovered that the, that there was a tape recorder that Danny had that Danny had been bringing with him that had several confessions and explanations for his grisly crimes. He also had blood from his victims, the roll of tape he'd used for to bind and gag them with, and the screwdrivers he'd used to pry open the door and windows of his victims' residences. So he's literally caught like with everything. Um, with an overwhelming amount of evidence against him, he was charged with several counts of murder in November. 1990 and in 1994 just prior to the start of his trial Rowling decided to plead guilty to all charges telling the judge quote there are some things that you just can't run from he bragged that his motive for the killings um were to become a superstar like Ted Bundy oh god I know god I hate that guy why does he just pop up like Obviously, he's known because he did murder co-eds at the Thai Omega sorority and at Florida State University. Um, if he, sorry, my cat is underneath the microphone, rolling around on his back. I didn't realize he was there. Sorry, um, uh, lost my place. Um, so, if he expected to receive any leniency for the admission of his terrible crimes, he was definitely disappointed because he was sentenced to the death penalty on each case of murder or each count of murder he committed so on october 25th 2006 after he'd exhausted his final appeal to the u.s supreme court the serial killer and, and rapist danny rolling daniel rolling was executed by lethal injection at the florida state prison in a written statement given to detectives prior to his execution rolling confessed to the murders of the grisham family in shreveport so those were the three murders i mentioned at the start until his final moments rolling showed no remorse whatsoever for his actions and refused to make any verbal statements or even offer an apology for his crimes to the relatives of his victims many of whom showed up to witness his death. He refused to make eye contact during his execution, humming gently to himself as he was strapped in and the drugs were administered. Across the road from the prison, dozens of onlookers gathered in groups waiting for the word that he had passed. And it was actually one of the biggest gatherings for an execution Florida had since Ted Bundy, unfortunately, which is just what he wanted, wasn't it? I like how every time you say Ted Bundy, we both go... <laughs> like you physically yeah. have to make a noise. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> thank <repulse>. you. <laughs> um, at 6.13pm, he was officially pronounced dead. 
And that is the story of the monster that is Danny Rowling. I didn't Jeez. know that Scream was based on a real. Yes. No, me neither. Real story. Yeah. So, um, because you watch it, because Scream is like it's it's pretty trashy, like, but it's yeah. a classic. Oh yeah. So I remember watching it and thinking, oh, like this is so far fetched, this is overblown, blah blah. blah. But to now realize that that was based on a true story, I feel different. <laughs> well, I love Scream. Scream was like literally from my target age group. <laughs> I was like for the, I was at the like prime age of the audience. Like that would like it because it was like high school. Yeah, so it was like, you know. That ghost face? Sleepover. Yeah, sleepover. Yeah. Watch it. Do you remember the- those masks? Yeah, and um, it was definitely like one of the faves. And it had like Drew Do you Braymore. guys remember when it came out? Yeah. I was just Googling it. I do, yeah. Yeah, and 1990. Um, I had it. Wow, there's five screams? There are five oh, screams. Oh, there's going to be a fifth scream. What? They're making a fifth one? Sorry. No, there's I ma- just, they're making I a fifth one. <laughs> Sorry. That's. <laughs> Um, yeah, first scream came out in '96. There we go. Yeah, I yeah. remember I was a baby. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, you were. <laughs> I was a baby in '96, but I do remember. Um, I have an older sister, and she must have had it, or somebody had it in the house. And I remember watching it, and I was I should not have. <laughs> like I'm too it. young to watch this. It's like one of those things that kind of stick with you. But I I remember at least um, in Canada. Because Halloween's such a big thing, like, mm. in North America. The Scream costume mm-hmm. was so big for, honestly, 10, 15 years. They, there's always, like, multiple kids dressed up in the Scream costume. Or, if you had an extra little bit of money, you could buy the Scream costume that had the fake blood. Oh, God. So, like, you had, like, a pump inside that you would squeeze what? and, like, fake blood would come out over on the mask. So now oh knowing that that was like loosely based on a real person kind of makes you feel a little bit sick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a huge Halloween thing um, when I was growing up. Yeah, it was massive. Obviously in America too. I mean, I was probably ninety six, so I don't know. I was still a bit young. I probably didn't watch it when it first came out. It was probably a few years after because I still would have been a little bit young in 96. Well, not really. I don't know. Um, to be watching it. But it was just, you're right. I remember you can still buy those ghost face masks. Oh, yeah. Like every, they come out yeah, every Halloween. Like, yeah, I think I was like 12 or 13 when it came out. Yeah. Which is far too young to watch the film. But of course, when it came out on video. Yeah. When it, oh, yes, the videos. Yeah, oh, yeah, when it came out on video, yeah. All over that. But um, to think that they're making another Scream, a fifth Scream. I feel scenes. like we should all watch it just because <laughs> when it comes out. Oh, we should have movie night and watch the fifth Scream. Watch the fifth Scream. Yes, yes that sounds like a good idea. Um, do you guys remember the movie? Um, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was another one of the cult classics, the... Uh, Oh, with like Final Destination. And oh yeah, Final of... Destination. Oh, yeah. Do you know Final what Destination what fucked me up? That scene with the logs still haunts me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you don't think of that every time on the freeway you see like a a log truck. You're like, yeah, oh hell no, 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 yeah, no, not 100%. today, Buster. <laughs> I'm always like, change lanes, just change lanes. Just change lanes. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Any other ones that you can remember from when you were younger that stuck with you? I think probably. Not when I was, like, young, young, but, like, things like Jeepers Creepers. There was, like, a whole spate of those, like, naff horror films. 
Oh yes. Mm. In like the late nineties, early noughties. And they were just they were just trash, but they were just entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, um, I don't know if I this is like a favorite Halloween family story <laughs> where um my parents and I watched Amityville Horror, one of them, there's many. And again, I was too young, but um watched it with my parents anyway. <laughs> it was a Friday night. And I remember um I was upstairs brushing my teeth to go to bed. And the story obviously is based on the father who kills his family with an axe. And my dad thought it would be real funny and real character building. Oh, no. (laughs) He got the axe out of our garage. And as I was brushing my teeth, um, he was like dragging it up the stairs and like groaning. And honestly, (laughs) it's. Oh, my God. It's. So perfectly funny now, but I swear to God, in that moment, I could have pissed myself. <laughs> I would have. Oh my <laughs> God, so it's terrifying. He's it. <laughs> dragging the axe up the stairs. It was so funny. But yeah, that, you know, uh, a happy Halloween memory. <laughs> we scared the absolute shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm not going to lie. You know what scared me? I'm not really into, like, horror movies or, like ghosty stuff um but i watched the ring once <gasps> and i'm scared i know yeah. it's not real but i don't care the ring is the ring is another good family story that i watched with my parents <laughs> what is up with your <laughs> and and then dad called the home like so the phone would ring right because when you watch the video the phone rings and it's like you've got seven days so i remember him calling the house like as we were getting ready for bed it's like oh it's because we watched the video <laughs> I love his sense of humor, though. This is called childhood trauma, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) But the the ring is genuine. I actually watched that fairly recently, and I think it, like, holds up pretty well. It's a a creeper. It is so creepy, isn't it? Yeah. Have you seen that? There's a Japanese version of it. Um, That was the original, wasn't it? Yeah, like the original. And um, I think I read the... There's a book as well. And the book's pretty spooky. Wow. Would recommend. Well, I think that's all we have for today. Check out our website, murderfriends.com. You can email us with any ideas, any articles, any weird crimes, any good true crime 101s, murderfriendspod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at murderfriendspd and Instagram at murderfriendspod. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.